It is Monday, the 29th of June, 2020, and this is episode 377 of Digital Outbox. Welcome along to another episode of Digital Outbox. I am Chris, and Ian is with me. Evening, Chris. Yes, it is evening. It's not daytime, and it's cool. We've actually got some nice weather. I mean, I'm not one for hot weather. I'm not sure about you. You know I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just just giving chat. (laughs) Yeah, 29 and Thursday, and I'm like, oh... Um, but it's just probably, I mean, let's, let's be honest, it's one of the reasons we didn't pod last week. It really and, uh, is. <laughs> was, I was a sweaty mess. I was sticking to everything. You know when you you just oh, like yeah, lean yeah. on your desk and... Whoop, whoop. Like what, what I always remember about the times when we have podded in really hot days, because you need to shut the window, yeah. and in my little room really hots up, and see when I step out, it's just like, it's like air hits you. It's yeah. like, oh. Um, but it's 12 today, the heating came on. It's June the 29th, and the heating came on. You know, funnily enough, we haven't had the ice cream van today, whereas we've had it all other days, so we're kind of missing out on that. So sorry about that. It'll, it'll warm up and we'll get the ice cream van back. This is a sh- shout back. So um, we talked uh, probably years ago now. When was it? <laughs> 2018. It was years ago. Um, when we had the Gatwick closures, when drones were a new thing, and this was the first time that a drone had been supposedly or allegedly flown over an airport and caused all sorts of disruption. Uh, the police arrested two people, which I'm not sure whether they had a tip-off or, or what was going on, but uh, they arrested two people, and the, the, the update to this is that those people have been suing the police for a wrongful arrest and wrongful imprisonment, and they won in an out-of-court settlement uh, for 55000 and the lawyers cleaned up 145,000 as well. <laughs> so, uh, awful lot of money down the drain. And uh, yeah, the police kind of just saying, yeah, we had to act quick and sorry about that. But yeah, they did seem like they, the the two, the couple were at work in the times of the thing. And they have admitted that some of the sightings of drones over the airport might have been police drones looking for drones. <laughs> in real st- weird in, st- in meta. Still never been proven that a drone actually, was actually there. No. Shot, I think it was three days it was down for and lots of flight cancelled and people pouring scorn over drone owners around around the UK and it did highlight an issue but more of the issue was the fact that you can raise a you know a notification like that and cause so much disruption just by an, it's like a bomb scare isn't it uh, bomb scares are obviously treated quite seriously I wonder whether drone scares will also be treated with a bit more um, caution going forward um, I don't know if you've if you've ever been on a platform called Nextdoor. Nextdoor is like for your local neighbourhoods, and and you get like and and I remember joining it years ago, and I was like, this is this is pretty toxic because you just got the nosy neighbour types, you know. Yeah. Why 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 is Sandra at number seventy three always making noise at ten o'clock at night? It's about time <laughs> the local council did something about Sandra, and it's all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but because of COVID, I thought you know this is maybe a time where people will be looking for help. And there was some right at the start. There was some real good community. Let's let's do this. Let's do that kind of stuff. But it's now just it's now, it's now just full of like Karens, um, if you know what I mean. It's just Karens kind of you know I'm right and you're wrong. So somebody put a post up about drones the other day saying I just bought my son a drone. Where whereabouts can I go fine? And sure enough, a local a local Karen has decided that she's on a one way, you know, hell bent trip to drone. Drones are evil. Um, yep. You can't fly here, can't fly here, can't fly here. Some was right, some was wrong. I was like, oh, I'm so tempted. <laughs> and then a couple of replies later when people are pointing things out, it's like, no, you don't understand. There is no reason for anybody to have a drone. It is purely for spies. And that's why they should be bad in this country. And it just was like, right, you are a Karen. You're not going to listen to reason. And and it is. And she's on every post on Nextdoor. Welcome to every single Facebook village group as well. It is, which it's just the same. <laughs> I have to leave repeatedly. It's just the same. So full yeah. of Karens and... Um, yeah. Anyway, well, at some point, I, I was trying to find a segue and it, none came. I'm segueing into the coronavirus and our health app that we're supposed to do. Well, we were supposed to have weeks ago, but it haven't happened. So all of the, to summarise, all of the restrictions that were known about ahead of time <laughs> that Apple wouldn't let you use Bluetooth in the background and fully utilise things like that and various other operating system restrictions that 
the government were told about ahead of time um, did come into, well, were in place and they did not adjust their operating system to accommodate the NHS X um, new application um, and the rejection of the Apple Google model by the NHS X has now been U-turned uh, and it does look like they are going to use that. However, there is some question mark around the effectiveness of all, of all these smartphone apps in uh, any way. And <laughs> long and short is they're saying that we may not bother with the app in the end. The whole, the whole thing's farcical, really. It hacks me really off because, yeah. because when they started off, it, it, and it reminds me so much of Brexit, that we, we are better. Yes. You know, we're going to have a world-class, you know, app. We're going to have a world-class health system. It's going to have a world-class, and it's been proven all along that that all our all our bluster and bluff is simply that. You um, can't just have a world-class app by saying I'm exactly. going to have a world-class app. I mean, that's and that seems to be the common thing that they just they spend, say these things and it spent twenty million on this as well, or was it twelve mm. million? It's either twelve or twenty. Um, they did a hundred and something people working on it for months. But, but, but I just go back to straightforward. Your requirement was flawed right from word go. You knew it. Other other big countries, change tack, Germany, and a number of others were like, well, there's no point pursuing this course. We'll go down the Apple Google route. And even like, so even so, the start of June, there was a minister in question time. It'll be out by the end of June. A week yeah. later, yep, we're confident of that. And then basically a week after that, the whole thing scrapped. It just yeah. it just sounds chaotic. And yep. even Hancock, so Hancock, you know, Health Secretary, when they were talking about this, said, our app won't work because Apple won't change that system. Yep. And this reminded me of the, the so, so during the whole Brexit stuff, and you had to, if you were a, a European EU, you know, national member, there was an app that came out that only worked on Android. And, and they were saying it was because Apple didn't allow you to do certain things. I remember it was Caroline Noakes, in the parliamentary session, it's just like you have to talk to Apple. You know, it's like you've you've went down a route where you know it won't work, and you think just by saying I'm a UK government, and, please change, it'll change. And just to it's clarify, to the the reason the restrictions are in place are to prevent situations like Cambridge Analytica, which we saw, where you can collect and scrape massive quantities of data together into a central resource. And there is no then oversight over where that data and how that data is used. And the original or you know, the originating point of data and the reason for that collection gets lost along the way. And then the data just becomes generically used for whatever. Now, in a benign environment and a benign you know, government, that potentially can be used for good. But equally, that the same data can be used for control and in bad means and ways that it was never intended to do. And we have provably been involved in that in the past um, with a lot of these things, including Brexit around all the, the questions around those companies involved and that are still involved at the heart of our government right now. So, yeah, that was that's the reason. And that's why, you know, that, that's why that Apple and Google are saying, I don't want to be involved in that. We've got a model whereby you can use this. And we will unlock our technologies if you use it in this particular way. And again, story today: Singapore. I've got their own app, <clears throat> you know, call and 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 they've you know, but a number of people around the country won't use it for whatever reason, you know, either privacy reason on the phone or they don't have a smartphone. So they've bought three hundred thousand Bluetooth tokens, mm -hmm. and they're rolling that out across the country to again try and help with this. And that means that if you then uh, if you get uh, you test positive, they will take your Bluetooth token off you, and that Bluetooth token has a list of IDs of other Bluetooth tokens that have, you've become in contact with. So it's another, in, you know, clever and you know productive and forward-thinking way of solving a similar problem uh, without any of those restrictions. And again, sent, no centralized control because it's, it's handset-based. Um, I just, I just think overall, it's really disappointing to hear the, you know, technology can solve this, um, and working with that technology we could be well ahead of the game and in fact you can see how it could be completely useful in so many other situations and if we ever have another virus which i, I think nowadays we're more you know oh, it's going to happen again right it's not going to be something that's that this isn't a one-off we see it all the time and that, okay this one happens to have affected the west which is why it's in focus more whereas other outbreaks haven't caused they've been more of a problem in africa so we've kind of just yeah, ignored yeah. them Anyway, so yeah, it's very disappointing that I think technology can solve this problem and we've just fallen so far behind on it and just, again, just 
not listen to people you know. <laughs> and that's the thing. You need to listen to experts around us. And I know there will be privacy challenges and all that kind of stuff, but there's 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 a massive potential benefit here that, that we're, we're running away from, really are running away from. There are questions to be asked, especially around they're saying there's distancing um, or measurement dis- differences and disparities around Bluetooth. is something one one metre or three yeah. metres away. So, so, so Bluetooth is a definite challenge, and we've been doing a bit of that around our work environment. You know, Bluetooth can, you know, plus or minus a half a metre and... You know, surfaces can get in the way, and you can get lots of noise from other ones. So it's not, it's 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 not the be all and end all, but it beats having nothing. It and, and then again, the things that are coming away with, you know, people like the human touch. I'm sorry, but if if I've been in a shopping center and walked past loads of people, yeah. I'm not going to know who I've been in touch with. No, I'd say it's got to work better than the personal thing. And their argument against that is that the only way you get the transmission is when you've been in contact with someone for a long period of time. But I think, again, that's provably false in the we see the spikes happen from from probably a lot less contact than that. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, yes, that's kind of where we're up to with that one. So uh, next up, how can the, you know, Black Lives Matter and this this focus on you know racial discrimination how can that affect programming well in ways that i hadn't even thought about and and actually it's is intriguing for me this article because again it just makes you question a lot of things and and it's around code base um sorry github and their their terminologies or git's general terminology or even plenty of like, like um database management things like that they all talk about master and slave and it's just a term that is used you know in programming and and architecture in general in a lot of places and you never think about it and they're saying let's change it uh you know it's hard to argue with that they've they've said things like blacklists and whitelists as well it's it's another term that we just band around but and it can have stem whether it stems from an innocent choice or whether ultimately it reinforces that whole stereotype that that we have Uh, and we just say it without thinking and i was really intrigued to read it because it kind of opened my eyes of yeah i can see why you want to change it and we should just do that. Absolutely. And this was another, this to me was a, a really good example of the natural everyday things that you said. You take for granted. You don't think about about the connotations of it. But until you change these things, you know, it, 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 some people do understand it and are impacted. And it's a really straightforward change. It's, it's just, it's, I think it's, it's subconscious and it's all these things that are subconscious. Yeah, and yeah. I think, and the same arguments are all around, you know, milkman and sports person and doctors and nurses all those kind of things all that it's a lot of people will argue that it's just ridiculous to be making these changes and you can't change these things it means nothing and all those kind of things but ultimately it brings up an environment where you know it describes the environment you live in and getting rid of those words and you know those either gender or uh, you know racial discrimination or homophobic language and getting rid of it it will just in <laughs> where you could use another word why not use another word I know. So some people have said it's an overreaction, and master and slave can have other connotations. But but when you switch your brain on, it's like yeah, but that's 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 but where a does small it stem amount. From? Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I think it's an important step they've done. And again, for GitHub to do it, for Microsoft to do it, Microsoft have done a number of of really important steps over the last few weeks. You know, not just you know saying there's some money, and and not just you know changing a web page and putting a a broad, they're, they're making material changes. You know, this is, you know, so 50 million developers use GitHub and they've changed it. To make a change, you've got to make changes. And even if it starts at small and simple, um, you know, and people just going to have to get used to the fact that, yeah, if you want to, if you want to affect change, you have to have accept change. Twitter is rolling out audio tweets in a feature that not many people probably wanted. Um, I'm so cynical around Twitter. I shouldn't be really. They're certainly better at being twitter than i am um I, I i'm just not excited by it i don't know if other people are i just found a strange one to add in you know it was like you know, well it just makes it like um you know things like um whatsapp and all that have inbuilt voice notes and stuff like that but it, it did make me wonder as well because it's obviously they've got to tie it to something so they've said um it's 140 seconds so <laughs> okay. it's is, it is limited to some but that's what a couple of minutes. Um, I did wonder if 
is this them seeing the rise of people wanting to podcast and and trying to do something? And obviously, the see if I always want to take a long message. Sometimes it is easier just to just to see it. You know, it carries yeah. more meaning, carry, and you can get context out of that audio. And I guess you know, in places like TikTok, they're often trying to they're portraying a message and they do it via voice and video so why not do it you know as a video you know a voice feed on their twitter can it can it but i don't know whether just just voice alone will spawn it you know just be as enough one person who isn't going to be making a audio tweet is katie hopkins who has now been permanently suspended from twitter she was (laughs) temporarily allowed back after a temporary suspension and then i guess continued her tirade and so was was booted with finality it's just a white supremacist and a nasty a nasty woman get her off yeah i don't give her the oxygen i mean it's a say hopefully it'll be the last we hear of her for a while but so, I, unfortunately i don't think it will be i don't know so so milo get kicked off and um and he certainly suffered from deep deplatforming works so, so for some of these folk that are making money off of hate deplatforming definitely works because you do take the oxygen out of them yeah um uh you know it, it's it, I, they I, love I, creating a free you know a, 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 oh, like that, that that drama around them they just constantly do it they crave it and yeah. that's how they make their money and, mm. and so so and it seems to be a thing where lots of people are now moving to to um parley I guess is the right way of pronouncing it, um, which is just a right wing, open. They're, they're saying it's a free speech social network, but it's just what they of, mean is that the, yeah, you can be right, you can be. You can fascist. see what you like. You can see what you like. Um, mm. I, 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 I guess one other person who, who was kicked off Twitter, which is maybe so Graham Lynham. So so he wrote um, wrote IT Crowd and Father Ted and you know well liked well respected but the last few years he's went on a, an absolute tirade in the, uh, on, on the trans community and has been kicked off temporarily a number of times as well like Katie Hopkins and then deleted some tweets so was allowed back on just finally went too far again at the weekend and started that right, I'm not deleting any more tweets here screenshots are all the ones that I was asked to remove and then we were just like sod off yep. go um, so no I, I, I do think Twitter over the last what say three months a lot more emboldened whether they've just thought sod it or what have been the right side of history yeah they're teams. probably getting pressure from all sides and also they're ahead of well we're coming on to talk about facebook now but they've been seen to be ahead of the curve from facebook around their kind of uh monitoring but they still won't get rid of you know the trump accounts they've said there's too much public interest around those accounts for them to delete it permanently so um, yeah it, and that's that that is a big I mean, that, it's a big. I mean, they even I think the steps they've taken recently with Trump are probably about as far. They're obviously pushing it. Yeah. Um. They'll be waiting for some sort of. You know, obviously Trump reacted and says, oh, "I'll just bring in laws," even though it was all a bit phony. Reddit tonight actually has just kicked out lots of. Um, so there's a kind of controversial. Um, you know, group on Reddit called the Donald and a number of others, two thousand subreddits, most of which are inactive, but they were all relating to like hate speech. They've kicked mm. them off, kicked them out today. Yeah, and so Facebook coming onto them now because they've been back in the news because they've decided, well, they've not fully reversed, but they've they are they are now going to mark content as uh, dodgy or harmful um, uh, based on what the content of that is, but. What spawned this? Well, what spawned this was eighty advertisers saying we're going to pull money from your platform unless you do something about it, and suddenly they got a response. I mean, it it seems cynical that that's the only thing that is you know that that's the only thing that causes action. But it's it's true. As soon as the threat of money reduces from their platform, that's what causes them to take action, not not doing the right thing. I think it shows activism, you know, works in in in, in the right way. Um, it started, I think North Face was one of the first ones, first first real big, like, wow, that's a big name, mm-hmm. to say, right, we're taking our money off Facebook and, and Instagram. Um, and then there's a number of others then started joining joining along. But um, it was when the big ones joined that it really caused the... Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. But, and, and then they said, right, we're going to do this. And it was in- interesting that Jack at Twitter kind of retweeted some of the news with little eyebrows like, uh-huh. Because when mm-hmm. I know when Twitter said we're doing this, Zuckerberg could be like, 
we are not gonna do this yes yeah. <laughs> oh no oh no no i'm not i'm not gonna <laughs> you did you did it. yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> we can't go back should we just move on well i could i have the pearl of the edit it's <laughs> true. You do. I'm not going to let you. Microsoft is going to shut down Mixer. Um, this was a this was this was like a an amazing like whoa kind of announcement. It came out of absolutely nowhere. Had there was no warning uh, to the community. There was no warning to anywhere, and they just made the announcement. We are shutting down Mixer, and we are transitioning anyone who wants to across to Facebook Gaming. Um, and What's it looks Facebook? like what is Facebook Gaming? Well, I. I'd say I didn't even know it was a thing. Uh, again, I'm a bit out of the loop on it all, but yeah, Facebook gaming is a thing apparently. Um, and so yeah, they're not going to automatically push you across to this new platform, but they've issued refunds on some script subscriptions and stuff like that. And but you don't automatically gain a new subscription on the new platform, and it's really unclear to everyone. I don't know if the clarity is going to come or has come over the last few days, but say it was there were a whole. I, I went on to Mixer briefly as you as you would do, and and. All of the streamers are going, what? I don't know. Because one of the, the one of the benefits of Mixer or one of the key selling points that it's had is that it's managed to create an audience which is actually pretty friendly and inviting as a, a as a viewer. And all other platforms just generate toxic um chats. In, in, I mean, they're pretty some, horrible. They're pretty some of horrible. the some of the streamers managed to, you know, manage their communities quite well and actually steer them in towards being good. But if you just go and read a, a stream, it's, I mean, it's, it's very juvenile for one and it's, but it's also incredibly toxic. It's pretty, you know, it's racist, it's um, sexist, it's homophobic. It's all those things all mixed into one and just banded around willy nilly. Yeah. It's just and and some of it is a younger community. So it's certainly streaming and, and watching streams as a kind of younger thing, but you can't just say it's juvenile as in all the age, you know, there are people taking advantage of that open, yeah. open community. Um, the, the the big thing that, that shocked me was this was in mid WWDC keynote, you know. So I was watching the keynote, watching along to some of the Verge comments, and then it just was like Microsoft shut Mixer will be shut by mid July. You're like, what? Yeah. You know the money they've invested. They even in it. So you go into, I mean, you fire up Xbox still, it's prominent on the dash, and when you go to the Mixer tab, it's it's promoting streams still, and the three streams I saw yesterday were all like we are now on Twitch. And it gave you the address <laughs> to go to Twitch because that's all. Yeah, because that's yeah, sure. Because it, it's like you know that's that's how I think most folk are going to end up in Twitch. I can't see many people going to Facebook gaming route at all. I don't think there's many people. I mean, again, the stink around Facebook really, and especially from a young person's point of view, this it's not an environment they want to go and. No. Nope. I mean, they don't even realise that Twitch is part of Amazon. All that you can't get away from the big view, but nevertheless, no. you know. Yeah, I think it was an interesting move. Clearly, the amount of money they pump into it is just not getting them the traction that they want, and they're not moving into that environment enough. And a real, because I, I I thought the moves they'd made last year, so they brought over Ninja and a couple other big names, paid a lot of money. It was like they obviously are wanting to line up that we've got a streaming platform that that works. We've got the new Xbox is coming out, big year for like exclusive titles. Plus you've got your Game Pass. Plus you've got Project X and all the cloud stuff coming. It just felt like they're lining that up as one of the pillars to say we need all this. And clearly they've went, actually we don't need this because we can't compete. And yeah, and maybe that is the right choice. Maybe you know, maybe that was the last roll of the dice to see what would happen if they got some big names on board. Maybe they in their meetings they've been saying, well, what happens if we get big names on board? Maybe that'll cause a a run of people. But it I mean, didn't it, clearly it, for Xbox them. owned staff. I mean, there was a couple of staff members that on on. So it was last Monday. So last Monday night, and they were on Twitter, and I don't, I don't follow them, but they were, they were, their accounts were being shared, and they just had like new headshot profiles taken. You know, on the Friday, it, it felt like it was a a really quick decision taken, only brief to them, an hour before journalists found out um, that that's you out of a job. Yep. And and it did it, it just feels like it was a full on business, and and it's just the carpet's been ripped. Also out of the job are salespeople for Microsoft stores because they, uh-huh. they are closing. Not. Yeah, they're not. They're going no. to be. They're going. To, well, I'm sure they're going to be absorbed, are they? But they are absorbed. Nobody will lose their jobs over this next one. Sure. So, not yeah, not in the next month or so. Um, Microsoft is closing all of its stores. <laughs> Sorry, was that controversial? I'm not sure. Uh, it's cl- closing them all. They're, he's going. They're going to leave some. 
of their real you know the estate uh, available but they're going to turn them into microsoft re experience centers so you won't be buying stuff in them there'll be more places you can go along learn stuff go and experience products and whatever everything but buy a product basically um but yeah i i don't know if it shows money problems i've seen a an opportunity in this downtime to just reevaluate i think it probably shows that they're just trying to refocus around where do we where do we really want this business to go? Where are we spending money we don't need to, and all that kind of stuff? We're going to we're going to see it through a number of a number of different you know you know markets where not not just retail but um, you know the COVID and and people working from home and the shutdown has forced people to work differently. It's forced yep. them, and a lot of businesses are probably realising. So some that are obviously on their knees and they, and they can't survive, but there's others that have went well. People have just went online and bought. Yeah, it's, and in know, fact, it's... some people have seen big upticks. Yeah. So the ones that could cope with the demand and could have had these digital and distribution networks, they're the ones that have been doing fine. Thank you very much. Uh, and, and you know, I, I remember the only time I visited a Microsoft store was 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 over in Washington, and there was nobody there. <laughs> and you went to the Apple store, and this was this was early in the morning. It was like ten, eleven in the morning. It was mobbed. You know, a bit yeah, like but UK that... Apple store. It's mobbed, and you went to the Microsoft store. Nope. yeah fine so focus where you need to but again i think some of that apple stuff is it's just i think it's nutty i think it's more of a i don't know it's just like a pilgrimage isn't it which is a weird thing for oh, but, you get uh, nutters and there's, and there's free internet and um the amount of folk that are just going on and check a web page check whatever yeah, sure do something fun but they clearly made a lot of money from it it'll be interesting to see if apple or you know once covid's done well, they, they, they're, they're smart round numbers where they look at it and go, actually, you know, I don't need two stores in Glasgow now. I, you know, I, I don't need... They may well consolidate where, yeah, yeah. you've got two. Yeah, yeah. but I think they... I don't think... I, I don't personally think they're going to be removing those stores because they mean more than just retail. They're just... They're, in, they're it, it a, is a presence. Them. It's a destination. It's a... It's a, you know, we'll help you. You can come and get help. And there's, there is yeah. something... They do And clearly there's enough people that go into them that makes it worthwhile. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, but again, Microsoft with all their Surface products and Xbox to sell later this year, and they've some the numbers I guess told them they don't need them. something must have said it. Another thing that flares up every once in a while is Apple and anti-competition probes, and lo and behold, we have had a new flare-up of this, and it's got a bit of momentum. There's certainly a lot of news and words being written around it, so this is more people questioning again the policies um that apple uses on its app store and the applications it has in those app stores things like where you must be able to have in-app payments if you know you purchase must be made in-app and if you you can't advertise that it can be made cheaper elsewhere for example and basically a new app uh what's what's the is it Hay, the email email provider called it, Hay? Yeah. They're just so trying to do a startup, and they've kicked up a whole fuss around how dare they? Exactly. So, so this so European Commission are doing these two probes, and as you say, happens every 12, 18 months. That fits particularly European Commission are picking a Google, picking a Microsoft, and and it was only a matter of time before they picked on Apple. And and you were like, that's fine. And um, Hay was a was um, uh, so it's a company called Basecamp. Um, the the, the kind of one of the owners of it, really well known developer advocate, you know, business owner, but he does use PR very well as well. So you you need to factor that in as a you know a, a thing. Um, but he he launched, and and it was allowed, but their update was then restricted. It was a bug fix update, and Apple said no. The mistake we've made, and this is we should never allowed you in the first place. And they and they brought out a horrible. I mean, it was it was terrible. Um, what what they said, they classed it as what was it a reader app, um, and because it's a reader app, you you cannot you cannot provide almost like a front end and allow somebody to log in without allowing us to provide the service around that and scrape the fees. But I mean, you download Netflix. I don't need to sign up to Netflix on the app. It's because they weren't classed as a reader app. So re- Netflix is it. considered a reader app, whereas they were classed as, no, you are not a reader app. This is not but you consuming a service. It's it was, actually it was junk. It was absolute yeah. junk. Yeah. And then what came out, this is a bit that stung for me. So <clears throat> now the guys behind, behind Hay, really good and vocal and particularly really well. 
Apple weren't, but then a couple of you know, a couple of journalists, a couple of other people started digging in. And it turns out Apple have been really aggressive over the last six months on other apps in a similar position that they're allowed up, you know, for a long time. It wasn't just a mistake for the first app, they're allowed for a long time. And they were saying, Not anymore. We want the thirty percent. We want to skate. And you're like, hold on, you're the richest company in the world and you're being <laughs> An absolute douche. I was going to say another word. There have been absolute douches around us. Well, what they are doing is using a position of dominance and power to it, their advantage. Exactly. When, and, and, you know, their argument is still very much we are not the market leaders in any of the markets that we're in. Um, but, but I think... but in, bollocks. In terms of... I think in terms of their... I think they've boasted it before. You know, even though the numbers of handsets is lower, they they get nearly all of the sales from exactly. app sales. So they are dominant and are a monopoly in in many respects. Uh, and they have they've loosened their wording recently. So you know, in, in almost an update to this, and sort of their response has been: people can now question our decisions around app stores, and we will not in future block updates, you know, bug updates um, based on a re-review of. Um, previous you know previous code um what they haven't said is they said <laughs> well they have said that they are they don't intend to make any changes to these things and they think it's ridiculous that these antitrust proceedings are there but i think there's actually a strong chance europe has europe has been pretty bullshy recently in many of the responses it's made to privacy and all those other things and monopolies and so i think apple probably appreciate that uh, and one of the reasons they put out this sort of less harsh wording recently is because they know that they're gonna that maybe the the payday is over and and asking you know forcing an application to you know that has to use their app store to then pay them thirty percent of the fee that's generated is actually well pretty extortion. And I think I think the world's moved on. You know, thirteen years ago when the app store and the iPhone launched, um, it was a different world, and there was people making millions off of an app, and it was like, wow, you're giving me a a worldwide platform to sell an app on, I'll gladly pay you 30%. But the the market is huge now. Um, it's moved on. 30% feels like a lot of money that a small developer spending a year doing and then loses 30% of you know their potential you know profit. See if, see if they'd said, actually, we're listening. It's more like 10%. That feels like a more manageable. And I don't know that I don't know the maths well, behind all the have... hosting. Yeah, ultimately they have a Apple have costs associated with offering the platform, all the checks and making sure it's secure and all those kind of things. So they generate costs, but it's you know it's it's what are those costs and is it thirty percent of everything that gets sold on the App Store? And, and they've cut deals with Netflix, they've cut deals with Amazon, they've cut deals with big players where it makes where it's where it's they are obviously more. It's more attractive for Apple to have these apps available on their platform than to turn, you know, a Netflix or Amazon saying, I'd love to be in your platform, Apple, but we can't be. You need yep, to go So it's an uneven play field for people uh, with money. And, ex- and yeah, exactly. Again, so again, I, it shows it's not, it's not fair. <laughs> I, I, I do think Apple have got a real question to answer here. And I, 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 it wouldn't surprise me if they do start to you know, make it more attractive. And again, it's hard to see because a lot of the, 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 you don't see the math, you don't see the costs. Um, but just give people some options. Well, I, I wonder whether, you know, do people eventually, I mean, we, we we see these big, you know, massive corporations and their massive power they have, but we've seen how quickly they crumble when footfall reduces and shareholders then get itchy and share prices come down and then you get a lot of pressure and then suddenly things change. So, and, and things change quickly. If suddenly everyone decides that there's another product that I can get everything cheaper and developers just don't make apps anymore. It's not going to happen in the short term, but middle to longer term, it easily could happen. And we saw Microsoft fall from a position of dominance to being an irrelevance just by making a pretty poor operating system. You know, once and they've spent years recovering from that. Yeah, yeah. I will just point out, I, and I do agree with you in the grand scheme of things. Apple, remember we made the big fuss about them becoming the first trillion dollar company, which doesn't feel that long ago. No. Current valuation, 1.5 trillion. Yeah. Um, Microsoft is next at 1.49 trillion. Mm. Just nutty, isn't it? Amazon, 1.33 trillion. And that's gone up during the COVID crisis because of just everyone moving their money into digital. I I, I, so I sold my Apple shares right just before COVID. And it's not because of COVID, it was I had a bathroom to pay. But it was quite, 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 quite straightforward. I've made profit on it. I'm happy with the profit. I'll take that profit. Um, if I'd held it, 
even during that downturn, I'd be up another, I think, about 8 9%. Yeah. To be honest, the day after you sold them, actually, I thought you'd done a good thing because they dropped, didn't they? Because they were having issues around something. But I think it, yeah, it's it started to... dropping and I was like, well, it's probably yeah. a good move. Take the profit. And I'm, I'm still happy. It's like they could yeah. go and double again because I could easily buy in again if I wanted to. It's, it's well, I don't have the money. But that's... <laughs> no, you got Theori- bathroom, though. Theoretically, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so anyway, as all of this stink around Apple was there and and say there's no going to be no short thing, I, I predict that we will see Europe coming down uh, a little more harshly, say, just... Um, I agree. I'd, um, actually, I'd actually welcome it. I think there's some things around their monopoly positions that really... I, I just I was really surprised at how strong they were, you know, around the hay dispute. Um, yeah. I will just point out hay, um, very, very nice email up. So after all that, we've also had WWDC. Um, was that the end of last week? Or was it, I t- crikey, it might be a week, it was a a week bit ago, ago today. Now. Yeah, there you go. today. And they, Apple came out with, well, the normal announcements and then sort of the big, the big mic drop at the end or mic drop at the end. So let's start with iOS 14. Um, basically, it looked like it's more of a kind of, consolidation of all the bits and bobs that they've had across a number of their different so the ios app and the ipad app this they, they sort of brought some of that together um but yeah anything stand out to you uh, not not some of it almost felt like an android catch-up you know widgets mm. and home screen and um, better way of doing your your you know if you've got as many apps as i've got you've got an app library so you can it kind of auto populates your apps and puts the popular ones up and just let you ignore pages and um, translate. So, so Google have had their translate options for a while. So this is a work offline translation between 11 languages um, messages, picking up and things like WhatsApp and Slack have been doing. So you can pin messages more and other things. Maps, we've already seen new maps in the USA. We're getting it in the UK this year. So that, that'll be nice. And they had added things like cycling options and the EV routing. But again, that was America only. Um, one that was interesting was app clips. So this is, um, uh, and, it, and it's not a QR code, it's some sort of Apple code. Um, I've got clip code, so it's their own format of it. But you'd walk in, uh, so imagine you're at a restaurant and the menu's on the wall. And instead of that, you just scan this and it downloads a little under 10 meg app to your phone and lets you, you know, do whatever you need. So if you think of, you know, maybe a restaurant's not a great example, like, like, like hiring a car or, you know, you, you know how you walk up to like a, a pain display type for a, a parking space. That was exactly as I thought. So instead of having to download the whole pay exactly. your parking app, it just allowed, it has a little pay, so it's yeah. pay £11.50 so or whatever. Like, ding, all through Apple Pay. So again, some of the stuff that we just talked about is a negative. It's all through Apple Pay and you can do a sign-in via Apple and that way you're not having to give anybody any credentials and you're just paying for it. So quite looked, looked really nice. Um, and then the one that I found out afterwards was something called Backtap. So this is in the accessibilities. Um, in the accessibility settings, you can set up any shortcut, app launch, anything, and you can double tap or triple tap the back of your phone and it'll launch it, which okay. <laughs> is a nice little kind of hacky thing. Um, but I actually thought it was a pretty, pretty... There was a reason why iOS 14 was first. There was not much to it. Yeah, I mean, so, and it was, like you say, consolidation and moving what Android has been doing for quite a while now into, into and doing it in an Apple way, you know, as as we've seen many times before, they, they take the idea and they kind of refine yeah, it down to a yeah. kind of really slick in, interface. You said that about the widgets, which was a really good point. So I, I use widgets in the work Android phone, and I think it's okay, but it can be quite clunky sometimes. There was a... <laughs> polish on the apple ones definitely and it and it's and it's all about how do you how you know getting the developers to get involved in that because on android obviously it's things like those facilities there and they could make them super slick and uh, and whatever but but really the reality is they don't really pay them that much attention because most users don't use them but in apple world they know that once they sell it to them that people will happily jump on board and do it but yeah so yeah and then we had the iPad OS uh, was next up, and again, the really it, it became clearer sort of later on why it was why these things were happening. But the iPad OS had 
a lot of things like find sidebars from finders kind of creeping into the application and hey look at this nice way of being able to jump to different folders in this app and look at this nice way of being able to move around and navigate between your music and you know whatever it's a and it was like well that just that's just the finder window in an, <laughs> in an ipad and it, it you know so later on it became clearer why that that was happening but there were a few other bits and bobs and it was talking about how the, the handwriting they're trying to turn handwriting into text and i thought that was quite compelling as a a story that they told always um, so, so i use a pencil quite often but but i do then type things or I go to the screen and this is all about you know handwriting in the input box and it converts it over and indeed sometimes leaving it in its original handwriting but still allowing you to copy paste and insert text yeah yeah you know, nice. so it, so it's clever way. You know, it's just a different instead of just taking your handwriting and converting it all into a document, you can leave it as handwriting, but it would still effectively in the background have converted that into text, so it knows what's been written on the page. Yeah, so uh, I thought that was quite a compelling little thing. Yep, and a couple other things that that they showed was things like so Siri and calls at the moment take over the whole screen, and what they're saying is no, we'll just do this as little you know, little apps, little, you know, widget almost type things and don't take over the whole screen, which again sounds so obvious, but we're, we're into version 14 of, of, of the operating system. Well, they actively railed against it before, haven't they? They've yeah, actively said yeah. they don't want to, ha they want, if you're in an app, you're in an app, that's it. That's yep. what's taking over your screen, even though it didn't make any sense, really. Um, yeah. No, uh, one, one thing that's disappointing, so widgets where you can put in, so widgets, widgets you can use in iOS right now, but they're in a separate, you know, tabbed area. And an iPad OS, you can have it in your home screen, but again, over, only to the side. And but with iOS fourteen, you can have them anywhere in your home screen, so you can move them around anywhere. But you can't do that in iPad; it's still just limited to this sidebar on the main right. screen. And it was like, really? There that must was, be a reason for it. Yeah, it seems a bit weird. And, and also, buried away as a, and again, will help with any EU probes. But buried away on the slide at the end was default email and browser can be set so i can now say chrome is my default browser i could now say that hey is my default email mm -hmm. and people have been asking for that for years so big big change not you can't change music or maps because everybody was like well why not maps why not music? well i know why not maps because everyone would change it <laughs> yeah and that's and i think that's part of the problem but i think this is the first the first sign that like let's start unlocking some of this and make it a bit more so i saw that as a real positive that i can now set you know email to whatever i want yep airpods um you love your airpods i do love my airpods <laughs> and i know and we'll just talk about your new headphones which aren't airpods but um so now now any iCloud device you're signed on and it'll automatically swap you know so i guess you know have the airpods in and if a call comes through or something happens on one particular device it'll just swap over to it that's that's quite a nice feature and spatial audio so for your airpods pro users um they're going to add in spatial audio and that's that's quite a big add you know but for not having to buy new hardware i'm guessing that was back to it wasn't quite ready for launch yeah uh, and that was probably an intention to be there and it's not been but nice update yeah watch os 7 um still going on about their complications of course they are because that's pretty much what a watch is yeah uh but yeah, um, well, I, to be honest, by the time they got onto watchOS, I wasn't really paying that much attention. And again, I have no active interest in the no. watchOS environment. So, so a couple of things that were nice. So they, they talked about rich complications. At the moment, you can put lots of complications on, but you can't have multiple from the same developer. So see if um, like Nike, you can get your run up. And if you wanted like three different complications from Nike, you can't do it. You can only pick one. And now you can pick three. Um, okay. so, so for a watch developer, it was like, wow, I've now got, I've now got, I can offer up loads of different, you know, offerings. Um, most, most of it was all a bit meh. You know, you can now f share your faces and maps is better and workouts is added dance. You're like, yeah, whatever. Sleep tracking's been added was probably the, the, the kind of one of the bigger ones. Um, you can set sleep and weight goals. And, I, and it's, it's interesting. I thought this was all positive. Shaq was the opposite. It was like, stop controlling what I want to do. Um, <laughs> because what, what you can enable is you'll set that my goal is to sleep by 10, 10 p.m. tonight. And what they're then saying in all your devices, start winding down. We're going to turn off notifications. We're going to say you shouldn't be using this. You should be starting to think about getting rest. 
Um, and he's like, no, I'll do what I want. It's like, well, turn it off. You don't need to. Um, yeah, you don't need to turn it on. Yeah. yeah, but a couple other things that were nice. So, so I, I, I wear my watch overnight because it tracks sleep. Um, but if you move around and wake up, you can, the screen lights up, which is can be just, and it won't yep. do that anymore. So they've got a nice, oh, you're, you're sleeping right now. You won't see any of this. Um, and again, in the morning, it'll, when you wake up, it gives you a screen that, that is you know, promoting the things that are important to you, telling you your battery life, reminding you to charge it because you're wearing it overnight. Um, and, and I thought the sleep tracking looked good. And hand washing. So they're now added a, a thing where it detects if you're doing a hand washing motion. No smut jokes, please. Um, but it also listens for running water. Mm-hmm. And it'll keep counting down the 20 seconds. And I thought this had just been added in. Seemingly, they've spent two years developing this. Wow! And and it's it's just been a luck. Lucky it was in it was released today that they've spent two years doing the getting all the audio right and being able to detect it properly. And they thought this is the right time to launch it. So yeah, wow, <laughs> indeed. Um, so yeah, that was because I thought. I mean, as most people listening would have just thought that was a throwaway. Yeah. Quick twenty yeah. minute extension to a to, a, to yeah. an application. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it wasn't, they're just building up. Cynic. You know, cynic, yep. Uh, <laughs> um, privacy, they always focus on privacy. So what have they been saying around privacy? Um, they're, just, they're just making it a lot more obvious when apps are using your mic and camera. Um, one of the updates to iOS that's hit a lot of people and they've put the beat on is it's showing you the apps which capture your clipboard. And one of the mm-hmm. biggest one was TikTok was constantly yes, capturing you. the clipboard like constant because they kept on seeing this pop-up message constantly and you're like why are you monitoring the clipboard and what are you doing with that mm. and it turns out lo and behold facebook were doing the same and there's about another 50 apps that have all been caught with their pants down so this was another thing that apple have obviously spotted and said we need to make this more obvious to people that do you realize that your clipboard has been monitored and potentially getting shared or uploaded somewhere and um, just just really crappy behavior um, so, so they're, they're they're doing things like that, and they're, they're also on the app store. An app is going to almost like have a privacy health card, a bit like your nutrition cards, and just to try and like you know, it'll be interesting to see because it's all auto generated. It'll be interesting to see what Facebook's looks like, what Twitter's looks like, and what you know, probably a really conscientious developers looks like. And then we can look for them squirming around, telling us, "Oh, well, yeah, just because we tick the thing doesn't actually mean we're doing anything with the data." Because I've mm. said that before now. <laughs> yeah. Um, home. So so, you've got a lot of smart home stuff, but you're not on the Apple I'm platform. Not, I'm not on the Apple platform, so you know. Yeah. So this will, um, if you add an accessory now, it will suggest automations. It's got some new smart features around lights, so it will automatically change the color through the day. You know, so the, so again, softer morning and you know harsher through the day. And and I know some of the some of the some of the smart phones not smartphones some of the smart home manufacturers are already doing this sort of stuff but it's trying to do it automatically cameras you you can now set dedicated activity zones so ignore you know passers-by and yeah and again a lot of this is catch-up because a lot of it was you know other providers have been doing for a while and and apple tv not not much there i guess so one thing that was interesting so multi-user support which was which was yay for apple tv still not an ipad it feels like for you know spending a thousand pound on an ipad it'd be great if i could just hand that to somebody else who could sign yeah. in as themselves and um but the the they brought in a lot of um joypad support recently and um, so we've seen like the xbox controllers and the playstation 4 controllers supported and they've now added an xbox elite 2 and xbox adaptive support which is a really big plus point yeah. but if you look into ios as a lot of the developers are now doing massive amount of additions across the whole ios 14 for um game pads so you're now getting down to every button's customizable and findable and lots of people are saying surely apple are bringing out their game pads soon they're, 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 they're now doing they've got apple arcade they've brought in all this joypad support they're really going to town on it now it's equally it probably costs a lot of money to develop a pad and you still won't be as good as the xbox pad is so why not just use the xbox pad you know? and, and everybody not everybody a vast majority of people will either have an xbox or playstation pad right now yeah so and I guess that's one. what they're playing it's just a lot of development costs, but that doesn't stop apple if they think they can do something better than and, and the big thing was a foundation trailer for apple tv plus but it's out next year so nobody really cares so then the next bit they went on to was mac os and big sir 
Is that right? Sure. Is that what he was saying it? I can't remember. I can't even remember how they were said it. But um, the, the, basically, they went through their whole demonstration of everything that's going to happen on iOS. Uh, sorry, on Mac OS. And it was, yeah, icons that they seem to have redesigned all the icons without me noticing that they had redesigned all the icons. I didn't. I don't know if you noticed immediately that things had looked different, but they said everything had had a massive overhaul. And I looked at the screen I was looking at, and it looked exactly the same as the screen I've been looking at for many years. So I didn't. The icons I didn't notice as much, but it was the toolbars. It was the um, what sliders and check boxes. Those were the ones that really jumped out. Um, but when they said it was a massive overhaul. I'm not sure their definition of massive is different. It's the same as mine. No. And there were certain things where, where I was like, hmm. So there was obvious things like like when I watched it, I watched the keynote and then and then I watched the um the platform State of the Nation. And that was more obvious because I had that running full screen, they were broadcasting at 4K, you're watching it and you're like, This this feels like a touch device. So all the menus are bigger. Yes, they've spaced out the menus so all the text areas are bigger they've changed the buttons are bigger and I'm looking at it going I think they're going to bring touch in I'm, I'm just and I know they've always said you know Mac OS isn't a touch first environment but that's because right now if I had to go in well a bit like when Windows went across to trying to be a yeah. touch environment it didn't yep. work because so many things were not made for touch you know and then we saw we saw some messages is now the same messages as 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 everywhere else. Maps is a new version, and you've so you've as you said when you saw the iPad changes earlier, you're like this looks like Mac. When you saw these changes, it looked like iPad. It was this. It was and it was the growing realization that yes, all we've been talking about from the last three combined things was how are they consolidating Mac OS and and iOS or or any you know iPad OS. And this just started more and more. The apps you're seeing is like this looks exactly the same thing as I've just seen on that iPad. Yeah, and it just uh, became more and more obvious that's the direction they're going with. Which is a bit worrisome because some of the apps that they've brought out via Catalyst. So Catalyst was the way of taking your iOS app and bringing it to Mac platform. They didn't look like Mac app, Mac apps. They looked terrible. And um, but new Mac Catalyst has got a lot more in it, and the, and messages and maps have been written using new Mac Catalyst. Um, and I guess before we go into the big announcement, Safari saw a pretty huge update as well. So lots of we are the fastest, we are the most privacy focused, and also we can take your Chrome extensions and convert them over. I'm not an everyday Safari user, but I'm imagining that we will be having websites soon that do not work in Safari and or people have deliberately choose not to run them in Safari because it cuts off too much of their income because it, it really does implement all the kind of stuff that we're going to see other browsers all move in that direction. In fact, we already are seeing them move in that direction. Things like, you know, the tracking and mm. auto blocking those things and not reporting back to the JavaScript layer, all the things that it currently does report back, all those kind of things. Apple seem to be the most aggressive around it. And as you say, I think you will see people going, well, this doesn't work properly now. This site no longer works on this browser. But all the cookie stuff around, if it's implemented properly at the moment, you know, the European Union stipulations on GDPR and stuff like that does mean that sites are no longer working when you reject those things. So it's clearly that there is a direction here and it's going to take a little while for the Internet to again settle down because we've gone through this period of the Internet and websites can do amazing stuff. But unfortunately, that means they can also do pretty bad stuff in the background. If you're a developer who wants to do bad stuff, you can go do that now with relative ease. But... That looks to be changing, um, and certainly, you know, people like Apple and 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 Chrome and, uh, and other places and Firefox obviously been at the forefront of this um, to to offer those protections. Yes, so then we came on to the big announcement that everything we'd been looking at on the Mac um, on the demonstration had actually been running on well Apple Silicon, so it was not an Intel based Mac we were looking at. It was a uh, and a was it, what was it based around a lay 12 was it or something so they never i don't think they confirmed what we saw was an a12 but there, there's a developer so this was this so that, and it's interesting so this is them moving the arm which has been rumored for a couple of years this is them announcing it um but they're not they didn't call it move to arm they called it apple silicon which feels yes. feels like there's a placeholder for something but then they've been doing yeah it does it does sound like so they've been hiding away the fact it's arm and they just bought up a company now use all the chips for ages yeah. now so they they yeah. you know but Apple Silicon didn't feel right, did it? it didn't, no. Uh... 
but what but what they then said is they're moving to a Mac. So basically the you know, so iOS, watchOS have all are all on Apple Silicon. Mac is going to move to Apple Silicon. Um they then walked through the all the demos as you said we'd seen where you know we're all running Apple Silicon. And but the and, and straight away you're like, hold on, how you know how long is this transition going to be and what does this mean? And and what they basically walked through was, well, here's Final Cut Pro, here's Logic Pro, all running on it. Um, and they talked about Xcode and they then They really s- didn't go into any depth on those two things, they and they only showed very, very basic, basic functionality. They showed basic things, but then they showed was it not three was it not three four K streams on Final Cut? pro running at the same time they said they were applying transitions to it you know without any you know pre-rendering the the, the and as I, i've said before when i when i look at some of the 4k editors on ipad the power is there it's definitely there um but it's whether it's there on a mac platform that would be the interesting well it's, it's where it's, it's also how focused is it and how open is it to other platforms to use that same power or does it have to be is it have to be spoke, you know, specific chip elements that allow these? Because that's how that's the kind of power they're going for. They 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 can build a, an element of a chip which is meant for their platform and meant for their software developers. Um, but it depends how open they make that to others. I mean, everyone remembers the move from, you know, uh, I can't even remember. It was basically the move to Intel chips was a pretty. I would say it's a pretty clunky, diabolical transition that, that that they went through, and it caused a lot of short-term pain, with the view to getting the long-term gain of being on Intel chips. And that meant that it was easy for people to transition and transfer over to 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 the Mac platform, um, made it easier for developers, and it meant for the first time that games and games could be transitioned without an issue. Now, what they're moving to with the the Apple Silicon is that they're removing some of those benefits with the the play and I guess the bet that they have got enough developers on board in their iOS and iPad OS environments that are developing good quality games. We've seen some really high quality games on those platforms that that'll be enough to satisfy the demands and maybe there's enough interest from big game developers they would transfer over to this new platform but They've given themselves a relatively long, I guess in, in this terms, it's short two-year transitional period. I still think it's there's going to be some real uncomfortable elements to this. Um, you know, people still use their desktops for desktop purposes. They've never managed to fully transition people to iPad functionality and touch-based interfaces for the real productivity. Uh, and this is one step closer to that. It is, and and the demo. So, uh, two two big elephants that jumped to mind: Microsoft and Adobe, and um, because they they really dragged their heels up moving to Intel, um, and they they demoed both on the night, showed them working, showed you Lightroom, and I, when they showed Lightroom, I was like, well, hold on, I've got Lightroom and iPad, so that, I I could be really getting fudged a demo here, but then they showed Photoshop, um, and and it all looked fine. They talked about Rosetta Two, which translates Intel apps back to Apple Silicon at stall time. And I think what was it? Was it was it was it transmit? I think it was transmit from Panic they showed running and it looked it looked okay. Um the game demos they showed, I thought were a bit ropey. They showed was it was it Shadow the Tomb It was one of the Tomb Raider games that looked okay. And then the you you probably wouldn't have seen it. It was on the, the State of the Nation one. They showed dirt, not dirt to dirt running at ten eighty P and it was pixely as hell. And they were talking about look how fluid it is. Look, I can even use an Xbox pad. And it's like it's not the Xbox pad people are looking at. It's how bad this looks. Um, but that's you know it's it's a it's we've seen we've seen relatively little you know from you know Apple didn't show much. They, they spent what twenty minutes, half an hour on this. They're so deceived. Um, they've said they expect new Macs running Apple Silicon by the year end. It's, as you said, transitions two years. Um, you can get a dev kit now. And what's a bit cheeky is it's basically you're renting it. You don't get it. You pay five hundred dollars to rent a Mac Mini with a iPad chip in it, and that's the transition kit. Um, the other big bit they show they talked about virtualization. So I've never really focused on this before. Virtualization got a tick, and they talked about Docker, and I was like, what? What's going on? Um, and they showed you Parallels running Linux, and you're like, where's Windows? And where's Bootcamp? So they've confirmed a few days later. There's no more Bootcamp. So if you've got Apple Silicon, there's no more Bootcamp. Again, it just that's it's, it's a, that's quite a big, big drawback. That you know, 
Yep. And the, the charter is that if if Microsoft wanted to, Microsoft does have a Windows for ARM. And if they wanted to, they could do something around that. Their you know, parallels or other virtualization tools could then give you a virtual Windows environment. But you're almost giving that up. Um, Steam, people using Steam were like, have I lost my library by this being migrated over? Nobody really knows. So yeah, it's a, And probably they have, yeah. Yep. So it's a big, it's, it is a big change. Um, it's I, clearly a big play and they, yep. they think that they're on the winning side of it and they think the benefits of this are going to outweigh the negatives. But it doesn't take too much of a, you know, people seeing that these apps are just not like desktop productivity apps anymore. They are iPad apps. It, it depends. So I'm still, I'm still on the fence around that one. I still think we will see some, you know, the big apps will still be there. It was whether you've gotten invested in a long you know, list of software and, you know, as I said, Steam and other things that, that don't move over. Um, I think also we won't know until we actually see the hardware that it's running. So I'm looking at things like the MacBook Pros come out this year, last year. Um, they're still going to bring out another iMac. And it feels like, you know, there was obvious things like, where's Touch ID around these platforms? Where's Face ID around these platforms? Where's the better webcam at the front? I bet you it's all getting held back for this Apple mm. Silicon platform. It'll be moved to here. Look at the hardware we can now give you. Sure. Just think from an app. Think from a Microsoft and Adobe platform point of view. Or, you know, think of if you're the programmer, you have now got to build to effectively completely independent. So every time you want a new feature, you are building for two separate pieces of silicon, and it's you know that it just immediately they've while they may do it in the short term and say, well, we'll do it to get our application back on this platform. It's kind of up their investment. And it's not, not, not their choice. Well, who <laughs> knows? Have Apple committed to will pay the next two years of development? Well, maybe that's why they're getting they've, they've got the money from everyone. They've, <laughs> they've, they've got, they've got the money. They're the richest company in the world. If they want Office and Adobe apps on that on their platform, they could sit there and go, "Well, we'll pay for it." Mm. I doubt it, if I'm honest. But, but none of us know. None of us really know the breakdown of, you know. See, when you look at like the Adobe subscriptions now. They they know how many's on each platform, you know, yeah. and where they're making the money from. That's I've, I've got no idea if Apple are. I would I would expect the the Microsoft platform must generate them more money just just because a sheer volume of people with, you know, that have. I just don't Windows. know because say it used to be that Photoshop obviously was a massive app for the app for the Apple. Well, that that was yeah. the thing that really held people to Macs because that that's where the designers did their work. But yeah. It, who knows where the balance of power lies now? Because obviously some of that has been bled, but then Apple is a much bigger platform nowadays than it ever used to be. It, it, it will be really interesting. Really, really interesting. Next, The next six months, just seeing the, the, the first hardware. Cause, and again, the two years is quite aggressive. Um, yeah, it sounds I, like a long time. And that's what I said. It's a fairly long time, but it's really quite short for a big move like this. Well, what if you've just spent 10 grand on a Mac Pro? Hmm. I'd be pretty hacked off. That in two years' time you're going to release a Mac Pro on Apple Silicon because that's that's what you've basically turned around and said. In the next two years, I think a lot of people thought they're going to move and it will be a, you know, it's going to be things like a MacBook have come out. It will be you know the the low end stuff, and they'll take time to get to the high end. They've obviously got an aggressive roadmap. That's and and there was, there was no chat around what the graphics were. You know, is it is it Nvidia? Is it their own? There's, a, yeah. there's so many unknowns. I think there's clearly going to be an event later this year that, that we're going to see a lot more around what Apple Silicon is, what that what a, a Mac is. I still think touch is coming. I just look at that front end and think that's a, it's a potential to be touch-driven if you want it to be. It's just showing a whole console, as in it's going to be the same operating system eventually across everywhere and, and whatever that means. Mm. Um, I'd say it does, it's going to rely on a lot of goodwill, a lot of energy and a lot of effort on behalf of a whole ton of providers and programmers that they, they I guess they're, again, the play is that they will and will be willing to do that because they will get the money for it. Um, I, I, I am I am excited to see what it ends up being. Um it's always nice to see. I, 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 you know, I'm a naturally cautious person. I don't think I would have made the same call, but nevertheless, but that's why I'm not the leader of Apple and, you know, all those kind of things. You're not Tim Apple. Is that what you're saying? I'm not Tim Apple. <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, we have been talking for an awfully long time now, so I think we should probably stop talking um, and let people get back to their days. Um, Digitaloutbox.com website email is info at digitaloutbox.com. Twitter is digitaloutbox. I'm on Twitter as Cheesy UK. You can hear my cynicism around, and I won't be doing any voice tweets. (laughs) Ian, where do we find you? Uh, IanDuck.com. And I won't be doing any voice tweets either. This is enough voice for me. (laughs) Plenty of voice. All right, that is it. Thank you very much for listening. Well done for getting this far, and we'll speak to you again soon. Ta-da. Goodbye. I like how when we go along, you always reward our listeners with a thank you for reaching, getting this point. (laughs) Good God, I had to be here and thank you to anyone who's listening to me (laughs) saying this. (laughs) Click, 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 click. I put the pencil away.